My name is Louis Odianosen Ujomo. I'm a legal practitioner. I come from Amedosha in Urumi, Edo State. Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewafo. And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. Today we are talking about uh, politics because Nigeria we are preparing for 2023, uh, and uh, this is very important in our in our history. If, of course, every election is important in our in our history because uh, this is where we uh, we transit, uh, we exchange uh, we exchange battle, you know, uh, in the game of politics as we play. So it is important that we also try to understand who are these players in the politics uh, that are going to be representing the people come 2023. So you are one of these individuals today. So would you like to tell us why did you, apart from every other thing that you could do, why do you have to be participant in politics? Uh, yes. Uh, let me first of all clarify that uh, politics for me is not a career, nor is it a, a career alternative. Um, I do have other things that I do for a living. As I said, I'm a legal practitioner. I'm actually in legal, actual legal practice. Um, so politics, uh, for me is, uh, an opportunity to, um, draw down the dividends of democracy and draw it down to the people. Um, every politician or everybody who is engaged in politics, I believe should have as their foremost, uh, thrust, the representation of the people. Um, so for me, uh, being engaged in politics has been uh, an opportunity to serve the people in, in various capacities. I have never held political office. Uh, I have never graced the, the corridors of power, but I've always been engaged in, in trying to um, support the process and to make sure that the people uh, get effective representation. We believe that everyone has a story to share. We believe in the power of storytelling in today's digital economy. Yes, we believe that our audience needs to be touched at the level of emotion so we can better engage. What about you? Do you believe in storytelling as much as we do? Do you want to reach the hearts and minds of your audience? Then join us with our online training class, Storytelling for Content Creators and Digital Entrepreneurs. Come. Come to obehiel14.com slash storytelling and learn how to leverage your storytelling skills so you can earn more as a content creator and digital entrepreneur. Storytelling is a powerful instrument at our disposal. Let's explore it together. See you in the class. On this occasion, I have decided to also join uh, the process to seek political office um, to represent my people in the Edo State House of Assembly, Esa Northeast Constituency 2, under the Labour Party. So my interest basically is, is to have this opportunity with the support of my people to represent them in the, in the State House of Assembly to give them effective representation 
to be engaged in, 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 in the legislative process of the state, to be involved with policy formulation, with formulating law, providing uh, a channel of communication between the state and the grassroots, and also to act as uh, an oversight uh, over uh, executive process and to give the people a voice in government, an effective voice in government where democracy will be properly um, demonstrated with, with a representative in the House of Assembly who is matured who fits the bill, who will be a round peg in a round hole, and who will discharge his duty with integrity, with honesty, accountability, and transparency. My background in, in, in legal practice, I think, stands me in very good stead to represent my people. Uh, I'm over 30 years at the bar. And uh, I have been in practice all this while. So the business of lawmaking, legal uh, issues, formulation of law, understanding of legal process, which is really the um, one of the major uh, functions of a legislator in the House of Assembly. So I, I believe, amongst other people who may aspire for this position. I believe I'm eminently qualified. Uh, I fulfill all the criteria under the Constitution. And so I offer myself uh, to be voted for in this process. And I pray that the will of the people prevails. You started uh, by saying that uh, you are there to do the will of the people. I think this will be the greatest um, wish of the Nigerian people and because we have seen again and again uh, people who came out and never represented the people they represented themselves and this will be very hard for the Nigerian people they have been abused and over abused by those in the politics so that is why uh, it sounds very interesting to me to hear that uh, that you are there because of the people that is why that is what politics should be but that is what it is in any other client where it is functioning. So in Nigeria, that we, we sometimes we have the opposite. All right, yeah. that is already very interesting to note. And uh, now you are coming from a legal uh, background. I want to know how that is going to influence uh, the, the role you are going to be occupying in the State House of Assembly. How that is going to influence it, and of course, in relation to the people of Edo State, uh, and of course, the people you are also representing, in this case, the Esa, the Urumi, and the Amedokian people. Help me with that. Yes. Uh, first of all, I'll just quickly touch on the point you raised about uh, the lack of effective representation over many years by successive uh, people who have had different positions in, in government. I think the reason uh, why this has been the case is that um, a lot of the people who have become career politicians 
and you hear that you know somebody has been in, in politics or in one position or the other for 20 years, 25 years, or they are recycling themselves. I think you know we need to avoid these career politicians, people who see politics as a business rather than as a as a service to the people. And over the years, um, corruption has been the the, the watchword in, in politics, bribery, you know, buying votes, snatching of ballot boxes, and other types of rascality that we have witnessed over the time. Um, so I think the politics of Nigeria is becoming more mature, becoming more sophisticated. I think we are going to see in this election that money will not take the pride of place. People are going to be more selective, more discerning in their choice of candidates. They may take the money, but I suspect that they will vote their mind. So with a maturing political uh, environment, I think people like myself have decided that we have to also come out now before things are too late. Um, where candidates have um, the right type of background, the you know uh, a CV that you know can stand uh, to any scrutiny, um, having a background and where the candidate has no skeletons in their cupboards and are willing to expose themselves to any type of scrutiny. I think these are the types of you know people we now need to be engaged in politics because we have been doing this now uh, for decades and the result hasn't changed. And I think the reason is because we keep getting the same kind of people. And you know, if you have the same formula all the time, you will always get the same result, I believe. So Absolutely. I think you know, for us all in Nigeria, we have to, we have to start to change the narrative. We have to get people who are qualified for the position they are seeking. You know, there's no point asking a carpenter to do the job of a bricklayer. No matter how good the carpenter is, he will not be able to do the job of the worst carpenter. And in our politics currently, you will see people in positions that they are totally unqualified for. You know, you have a, a, a minister, um, you know, who you know is totally unqualified to do the job that they are supposed to do, as intelligent and as knowledgeable or experienced as the person may be, but not in that field. So I think it's important. And this is why I'm also offering myself to serve in the House of Assembly. You know, I didn't aspire to be in any other position because I believe I'm, I'm qualified, I'm experienced to, to, you know, discharge the duties of a legislator in the House of Assembly properly, effectively, adequately. And, and, you know, I have, the, I have the capacity and the capability to do that. So why should I stay at home complaining that Nigeria is not moving forward and I'm not ready to offer myself to serve the people? You know, as I said, I have a career. I've been in legal practice for many years. Uh, I earn a living. So this is not about going anywhere to try and make money, you know, or enrich myself you know, or build a new house, buy a new car, all the, the things that we see when people are engaged in politics and, and we never care about the people. This for me is about, about care, it's about love, it's about patriotism, you know, it's about wanting to 
uh, give my people the best that I can give. So, um, you know, I, I think this point is very important when we are choosing those that we wish to represent us. We must scrutinize their background. We must, you know, understand where they are coming from. Um, you know, like I said, I offer myself for scrutiny. Um, you know, my, my family background, again, speaks volumes without trying to sound uh, arrogant. But the truth is that, you know, we have to tell the truth about ourselves. We have to look at where we are coming from. You know, um, the people deserve to know who the person they are going to vote uh, is. They need to know about their family. You know, where do they come from? I come from a, a family with a long history of philanthropy. We, you know, we have my family is well known for um, community service, uh, for brotherliness, uh, for embarking on projects that have never been engaged with politics. You know, we have just been uh, a very caring uh, family, always trying to do what we can for the people. So, you know, on, on my part, uh, you know, this is the reason. Uh, why, you know, I wish to be engaged in, in this election to also do my part uh, for my community, for my state. Um, and I will be judged at the end of it if I'm successful as to how successful, you know, uh, I was. But as I said, I refuse to be a bystander anymore uh, in the affairs that affect my life, affect my daily uh, living and affects the lives of, of millions of people. So, um, you know, again, this, this is really why um, I, I offer myself uh, for, for, this, for this position. And, um, you know, it's important, like I said, that anybody who um, wishes to represent his people um, has the requisite um, uh, state of mind. Uh, compassion and understanding of how important it is when you hold political position. The amount of lives you affect by just a stroke of your pen or by a decision you agree to champion or a decision you disagree with. So it's very important that at, at this level uh, where people are, uh, they, they leave their lives in your hands for you to do the job you are supposed to do that you take it seriously, that you know a high degree of maturity is displayed when you finally occupy that uh, that position. So I'm seeking this this opportunity to represent my people um, because we all say now in Nigeria that you know enough is enough. Enough is Certainly. enough. We no longer want to have politicians that are recycled who who com com continue to only change their clothes, but they don't change themselves. So um, the era of having people just come and give you money and then they propagate themselves. And, you know, we have people in power today who are seeking power, who are well into their 80s. I think there comes a time with every product where you get to your uh, expiry date. You know, nobody will take expired drugs. So I think we should also reject expired people. You know, um, the, like the Bible says, is everything every time, uh, everything has its time and its, and its season, a time for this and a time for that. So I think Nigeria has got to a time now where we are looking now and say, look, uh, we want the best people, not necessarily the richest people, 
not the most connected people, but the people who can most effectively do the job that is expected of them. Thank you so much for that. Uh, you say also another thing that I would like to hit on, which is the track record, because it is very important. You see, it is true that oftentimes we like to blame the politician. Really, they need to be blamed for their error, uh, for their action and inaction in what is affecting the country, the collective existence that we have as a people. Because if we have leaders that have focus, that have a vision, that know where the country is going, they should do everything necessary to make sure it happens. A good example would be the, the ASO strike now that I've been for months. If this administration care about the destination of this country, they should have done everything necessary to make sure that our students are in school. You cannot look for excuses. You cannot look for justification. You are a leader. You must lead. If you are not qualified to lead, don't come. Leadership is not a favor. You are there to serve the people. If you can leave students at home for six, for seven months, I don't know what kind of leadership that should be, what kind of future we are telling the world that we are preparing for. That is on one side. The second side is that the people need to know that they have a responsibility to check who are coming to represent them. Because these people are not coming from Saudi Arabia or from Britain or from United States. They are still our brothers and sisters. We breathe the same air. We live in the same place. We use the same broken road. The infrastructure is dilapidated. It's dilapidated for everybody. Even the rich men too. How does it affect them? If you are a very wealthy person, you go and buy a new Toyota car today. You are not going to ride it inside your company. You are going to ride it in the same broken road. With me, the car is going to break down very soon. Well, for what use it is. Exactly. So if you build good road, you are not building it for the poor man. You are building it for both the rich and the poor. So I think in that sense, the, the ordinary Nigeria should look at the track record of the people that are coming to check them, the committee to represent them, are proposing that I want to be your representative. I think it is very important. Because if we look at the people that are coming out just now to represent Nigeria, talking of maybe for the seat of presidency, we, we, we seem to like, want to ask ourselves, do we, can we learn anything from history? Can we like sincerely say that we have learned anything from history? Because if we do, we should be seeking different results. Exactly. Or maybe we should be asking different questions. I agree with you. All right. Um, yes. I want you to say something about the political party under which you are running, the Labour Party. Tell us something about it. Yes. Um, I will marry together all you have said in the last few minutes. Uh, my father always used to say to me that there's nothing better than a good name. And I totally agree with him that reputation is everything. The party that I am uh, aspiring under now is the Labour Party. But the truth is that what is making the Labour Party popular now is not the party itself, but rather its presidential candidate in the person of Peter Obi. Peter Obi's reputation, his character, his antecedents, his track record, his personality, his intelligence are the things that are selling him right now. And 
consequently selling the Labour Party. But I dare say that if Peter Obi went to XYZ Party and not the Labour Party, the XYZ Party would also have been very popular as the Labour Party is uh, today. I'm happy to be on the uh, Labour Party. I, I see myself also as the Obi in Edo State seeking to be a member of the Edo State House of Assembly Constituency 2, it's a notice local government area. I want to be the Peter Obi of my local government. And, and who is Peter Obi? He's a person who has shown from his track record that he's able to manage human and financial resources. That is an astute manager. That is a person who is people focused. That is a man who has been able to leave a legacy when he was, he was governor. He's a man who um, is able to um, juggle with facts and figures. You know, is a person who is cerebrally um, astute. Is a, is a person who uh, is, is compassionate and really wants to change Nigeria, wants to change the narrative uh, of Nigeria. He's able to tell you what he has done. He's transparent. And he's, he's not a person who just tells you, you know, I'm going to do A, B, or C. But he actually tells you how he's going to go about it. So having watched him for some time, I decided I was going to get back into uh, seeking for political uh, office under this man um, to to be uh, uh, a co-pilot in his in his vehicle of progress. Because um, we have to understand that if Obi is just a, a president on his own, he doesn't have uh, people in the in the Senate, in the House of Assembly, in the State House of Houses of Assembly who have the same mindset as, as him. I dare say that within three months, he is likely going to be impeached by those forces that have always wanted to pull Nigeria backwards and downwards. So it's important that, you know, as he seeks presidential uh, position, Peter Obi also needs to have people who think like him, people who are uh, capable like him to also seek for office so that when he becomes president, he will have people of like minds to complete uh, and put together a, a synergy that you know, comes down from the federal to the state to the local government level, you know, so that we can have an, an impactful and effective change from, from you know, established uh, norms, which have not taken Nigeria uh, anywhere. And again, you mentioned about track record. So, you know, my family background as well, um, I think, uh, sells me well because, you know, we have a, uh, I think, uh, a reasonably good uh, reputation for service to the people. So uh, I shouldn't shy away from what is in my DNA that we, you know, we, 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 we love our people. We have been selfless. We have made sacrifices to make sure that, you know, um, people have what they need to be there for them. And if we can use political office to do more, then, you know, I say, why not? Uh, you talked about the ASU strike, for example. I mean, what government, what well-meaning government will allow young men and women, young people, who are supposed to be in school, who are the future of the country to languish at home, to disrupt their educational process. What kind of government does that when these are the people who are going to secure the future of the country? 
what government does a thing like that? When at the end of the day, you talk about uh, a paucity of funds, you cannot increase and give, um, um, you know, staff, uh, university staff, a more decent life because you say, you know, the money is either not there or it's not justified. But at the same time, just recently, you know, the country spent um, <laughs> a whole heap of money buying luxurious vehicles um, for people in, in, in Niger Republic. Um, so you start to wonder how, how we apportion our responsibilities uh, at the end of the day. You know, the, any president uh, has as his first responsibility the, the good governance of the people, you know, because everything is about the people. And if at the end of the day, um, you cannot be seen to be um, representing your people adequately, uh, we cannot provide effective security, healthcare delivery system is an all-time low, educational system, well, that speaks for itself, uh, the economy is, is so bad. I mean, you know, currently Nigeria is the poverty capital of the world where the most people live on less than one dollar a day. I mean, these are these are statistics that are available for any person who will do the research to find out. I know that, you know, the economy um, is, is, in, is in dire straits. And yet, you know, we appear to lack focus. Um, and I must say, too, this is not a malady of the of only the present administration. From the time of independence, we, are, we have had this type of um, uh, lackluster attitude to youth development, to educational standards. We have been witness to it. It's just that um, Nigeria had so much money at the time and the level of awareness was low. So we, we always thought that things were going well. But truly, since independence, there has been a, a gradual deterioration uh, in this country. Um, in the last maybe decade, there has been a rapid decline. I think that's what we are witnessing now, where we now have a type of cataclysmic um, reverberation across the entire country, where in, in two weeks, you can have you know such a drop in the exchange rate that you start to panic and wonder what's going on. So what's happening is the rapidity of deterioration that is making all of us uh, uh, panicky. And of course, in 20, 2014, 2015, when this administration uh, came in, uh, people were very happy, believing that, you know, with the president's reputation uh, for anti-corruption and no-nonsense, Nigeria had the opportunity uh, to once again uh, reclaim his glory. But uh, unfortunately, the current statistics uh, tell us that um, this hope um, has, been, has been unceremoniously dashed. Uh, and... Um, once again, we are looking for a messiah, and, and, and this messiah uh, has been found in, in the person um, in, in Peter Obi. Um, I, I believe that currently, for those who are aspiring to be president of this country, currently, for those who are aspiring, he's the best that we have. And I, and I encourage everybody to embrace, uh, embrace him because we have tried all the others. We have tried both political parties. We've tried the APC, we've tried the PDP, and the formula and the result has been unchanging. So what do we have to lose to try somebody else? Um, I think it's time to play a different song and try a different boogaloo 
you know. So um, uh, Nigeria is such a blessed country. But if at the end of the day, we waste, we waste his blessings, then we cannot blame God. So I think it's time for men and women, the youth, to stand up now, take control of their future, and say no to nonsense, say no to corruption, say no to godfatherism, say no to recycling of expired politicians. You know, so we need to take control, we need to make a mark, and we need a certain type of new breed on board. <laughs> All right. You know, the politics is very, very interesting to talk about because it is very, because it controls everything at the end of the day. So we simply cannot ignore it and say it's not important. It is important. That is where the laws are made. That is where the bees are signed. That is where the future of this country is decided. So we simply cannot logically say how way does it concern us. It concerns us. So every reasonable Nigeria should care about the politics of Nigeria because it affects you whether you like it or not. You see, I was watching uh, a small clip of the speech by um, Ahmed Tinubu where he was talking in Lagos, telling the Lagosians, vote for me, I will give you a wa idodo. And I will take a time to reflect on that, that that was an insult to the Nigerian people, if we understand that I am going to vote for you to give me a wa and a dodo. That is an insult. Maybe they don't know, but it, that is what it is. That it is. In Nigeria, I usually say this analogy. In 1999, when we returned to the, uh, to the nascent democracy, we can still call it nascent. The problem of Nigeria were already clearly defined. We, we are not stupid. The Nigerian people are not stupid. We already know by then that at least we needed the basic things in life, like light, energy. Because you except maybe we are going to do miracle in Nigeria, how possibly can we power the Nigeria economy with less than 5,000 megawatts of electricity? How can we? Maybe it's only going to happen only in Nigeria. In any other part of the world, it doesn't happen. Do we have the statistics as to what is actually required to make this happen? Because now, yeah. another thing that will be happening again, again and again is that the set of Nigerian politicians appear to be very intelligent in that they create their own problem and they push this problem to the people and they make attempt to solve the problem. Whereas the real problem of the people has been abandoned. A good example would be the Boko Haram issue. Boko Haram was never the issue in Nigeria. We didn't have this problem in 1999. This is a political problem. This should have been solved at the political level. This is not the Nigerian problem. Now, everybody is afraid in the country. The question is, does this concern the ruling elite, the people who are supposed to be representing their population? Is it concerning for them that as you are walking on the street in Nigeria, you can be kidnapped? That somebody can just kidnap you and say, bring money, bring money, otherwise they are going to kill you? Is it, is it disturbing to the Nigerian police, to the Nigerian armed forces that we are no longer safe? in our own country, if this is concerning to them, are we not supposed to find a solution? Or are we waiting for the United States, please come and help us? Or UK, please come and help us? 
This is where I think the Nigerian people are finding it difficult to understand the relationship between them and the politicians. In that, we need a solution to the problem that we were having in 1999. The good road, the educational system. Also, for God's sake, the student doesn't need to be at home. They're supposed to be in school. Why is nobody giving them a, a clear answer as to why they have big? This is where it is. Who yeah. are we supposed to call as Nigerians? Yeah. You are, you are very correct when you say that the function of government is to uh, guarantee certain basics, certain fundamentals, certain minimum standards. To be a great content creator in today's fast-changing economy, you need one thing, storytelling. Storytelling is a powerful instrument to leverage, either for personal use or for your business success. This is why this training class, Storytelling for Content Creator and Digital Entrepreneurs, was created. It is designed to help you leverage the power of storytelling so you can stand out from the crowd and earn more in your business. Come to obehealwonderful.com slash storytelling and learn how to leverage your storytelling skill to earn more as a content creator and digital entrepreneur. You need the power of storytelling to stand out in the competition. So let's explore it together. See you in the class. And as you also rightly said that, you know, in um, other countries, there's, there seems to be um, more assurances from government. And, and this, is, this is where we are trying to get to in Nigeria, which is why, again, I, I'm offering myself for public service, is that I, I understand, having lived in, in several other countries apart from Nigeria, I understand what government is supposed to do. I understand what expectations the masses are supposed to have. I understand what minimum standards the citizenry is supposed to be guaranteed. I understand that government has the responsibility, duty, in fact, obligation to provide security, provide adequate health care, provide water, provide housing, provide good roads, and provide a guaranteed economic system where there is empowerment, where trade and productivity is encouraged, where the young generation are encouraged to grow into productive adults. All of these things are, and more, are the duties of government. Unfortunately, in Nigeria, we have been <laughs> afflicted by a leadership that has never understood their role. And as I've said in the past, where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. So where you are holding an office and you don't really know what you are meant to discharge in that office, what you are meant to achieve, the likelihood of you abusing your power is very high. 
And this is what we have experienced administration after administration in Nigeria. You see, it is difficult if you have a leader who never went to school. It's difficult to expect that leader um, to encourage education, to want to do everything to make sure that education is valued, that those who are engaged in the educational process get all the encouragement that they need, that they deserve, that they ask for, to make sure that standards are improved in our institutions. If you have a president, a governor, whatever, um, where you have the majority of them that have been through this system of education, they will treasure it. But unfortunately, we, we've had leadership from from time of independence where, um, you know, even today, Obey, even today, we are still we are still debating whether some leaders who say they want to lead us, whether they have certificates. How can we at this point in time still be debating whether a leader has primary six certificate, whether they went to secondary school, whether, um, you know, you know, whether the certificates they are presenting are from credible universities? We, have, we should be beyond this. It's a disgrace that anybody who is vying for such an important role will be debating about. You see, what people have to understand is not the certificate itself. It is the honesty quotient involved in agreeing whether or not you have a certificate. It's not the paper certificate we are, that bothers me. It is the fact that you are not honest about your credentials, about your capacity, about your past, about your history. The fact that we don't know how people's wealth has been earned. We don't know how they came about all the wealth they have today. All of these things point to dishonesty. And when you start to condone dishonesty and you are going out and shouting that, oh, this person must be your president, this person must be your governor, but his honesty and integrity is always in doubt, then you are going to have trouble. You are going to have problems. You know. So I think Nigeria has grown enough to have candidates who seek office that are reputable, whose integrity is, is beyond doubt. I think, I think Nigeria deserves to have better people vying for these positions. And, and I think this is where the, the, the disgrace and the um, sadness for me comes in, is that you know, those who seek to represent us are dodgy. They are dodgy. They cannot, they can't convince us, you know, as to their, their effectiveness. Uh, let me make the analogy again. You have an artisan, a carpenter who comes to, to, to make your furniture and you give him a hammer and he's asking you, what is this for? I, I think at that point, you, you, you should not let that carpenter near any of your furniture. You give him a hammer and he's asking you, what, what is a hammer? What is he used for? You know, a basic tool. So, uh, when you have somebody who's now, you know, wants to represent you in, in such a, an important position where lives are affected, and they cannot even be honest about who they are, I, I think I think it's suicide. It's suicide. So so for me, I think that if Nigeria wants to move forward, the the average Nigerian, the average man on the street, needs to become more politically aware. The average man and woman on the streets needs to be a political player. 
they need to register to vote. You know, this, this campaign about getting your PVCs has been very, very well uh, received by Nigerians because I think we are becoming aware of the fact that sitting at home and saying, well, no, I won't go out and vote because, uh, you know, nothing will happen. We will not, the results will not be properly uh, announced, blah, blah, blah. You, first of all, go out in the field, represent yourself, cast your vote, make a difference, rather than staying at home and complaining. So I think the votes that are going to come out in 2023, this election, um, is going to be unprecedented. It's going to be unprecedented. And uh, that's a very good thing for Nigeria because we are all becoming politicians now. Everybody is concerned about their, their well-being and, and as to what they deserve from, from politics and, and governance. You know? So for me, I think this is a very welcome uh, situation in Nigeria where the level of uh, political awareness um, amongst the, the masses is, is very high. And, and I wish Nigeria all the luck. Thank, thank you for that. Uh, and that is what the people must do. We, we must uh, not only vote, but also guide it, also protect it. You know, I, I, one, one person once said something, I was much smaller then in Nigeria, and he said that uh, public uh, uh, property is nobody's property. But even as small as I was, it doesn't make sense to me. Because I understand public to be a combination of individuals that make up the public. Because if we say public property or public interest is nobody's interest, then we don't even have anything at the end of the day. Because when they say, now you go, now you go do one, now you go do one, because now you involve. Now your country exactly. will they talk about. Exactly. If, if not, not be you, you now who not be me, who go do one? So I think so. We, we need to look at the Nigerian problem as our personal problem. Because you might think that it doesn't affect you right now, but it affects you in the future. It might not affect you directly, but it affects people that look like you. This country, yeah. all of us have a stake in it. If it fails, all of us have failed. If it succeeds, we have also succeeded. So nobody is an innocent to say, nobody is exempted to say, okay, I'm going to stay in my little hole. I'm not a politician. No, don't do that. You cannot, that is too risky. All right. Yesterday, I was interviewing a guy in the U.S. He's a political analyst. He also followed Nigeria very well. And we were reflecting about the ASU strike, for example. And I remember, as I was growing up in Nigeria, this is something that had been happening since then, of Nigerian students going out to protest. The Nigerian lecturers are not paid well. The institutions are not well equipped. Upon this, they continue to load the Nigerian student with, with ideas, with hypotheses that are never going to be applied in Nigeria. And now you see a lot of graduates who cannot find work because they have been educated to become like mini slaves for other people. That is not supposed to be the role of the education. Again, it goes back to the division. Where are we going as a country? Do we need certain amount of data? Of what qualification do we need from them? Do we need engineer? What are they supposed to do by the time they leave universities? What kind of research are they supposed to do? Where are our labs? Is it comparable to other, lab, other labs in the world? Do they have access to the material they need to be able to study? Or is it enough to just continue to, to teach them things of the 100 years ago? At the end of the day, we say we now have graduates. Graduates of what? 
So the guy was saying that the Nigerian elite do not care about the educational system because they don't want enlightened people. They want Mumu that they can continue to magomago uh, everywhere. In Nigeria, we have bastardized the educational system. Yeah. They have removed history from school. That is the greatest crime a government can commit against its people, that they don't need to study history anymore. Of what justification? If we don't know history anymore, it means the, the land under which we are sitting is on a whole because we don't have a footing. Mm. So, anyway, now, what is the Nigerian people expecting from Labour Party? Because it is something new. It is something, a new perspective. What, what are they expecting from the party? We are, we are talking about the, the people's expectations from uh, the Labour Party. I think um, the Labour Party uh, at this time is a hope party. It gives us the hope that Nigeria will once again um, return to its past glory. Having tried the other two major political parties, the PDP and the APC, the Labour Party now presents a third force, a, an alternative um, to the usual, which everybody now is fed up with. Labour Party presents for Nigeria a new face, a new um, a newborn baby, if I if I may put it that way, whose growth everybody is interested in now. So on the day of the presidential election, I suspect we are going to have massive votes from people who are not even in the Labour Party who belong to either APC, ANPP, ABGA, APC, PDP, who will be voting for Labour on the day. They will not leave their political parties, they will not be crossing carpets, but they will vote for hope that Nigeria, which belongs to everybody, will rise again. That, that is the hope that Peter will be through the Labour Party is birthing for Nigeria. Because the truth is, no matter your status, no matter your religious disposition, no matter your political lineage right now, we are all under the same sun. We're all breathing the same air. We all drink the same water. So everybody secretly, openly, are hoping for a better Nigeria. Because the bullet of a terrorist does not discriminate between Christian or Muslim. The bullet of a terrorist does not discriminate between APC, PDP, or any other party. So Nigeria needs a better country. People wish for a better uh, Nigeria. And for this reason, they are clamoring for Peter Obi to be successful. In this, in this venture that he has, he has come in, because Labour Party is on a rescue mission to rescue Nigeria. And many of us believe that this is the last opportunity. I can see, I can see how much uh, young people are, are clamoring for the Labour Party. Um, but from within the Labour Party, what is the position of these young people? Because you see, again, 
Africa, the whole of Africa continent, is the youngest population in the world by demography. And if that is the case, it doesn't correspond to how these say young people are being prepared for the future. Because if we continue to give them the same education that we have been giving them, we can see now that the only place that it can be useful is to go out of the country. But if we want them to resolve the problem of the country, and by extension, the continent, then we must change the way we educate them. We must give them a different kind of education, a different kind of orientation, a different kind of how to see the reality. So, because I see a lot of young people clamoring for the obedience, how do this say party see them? What is the role of young people in this party? What are they going to occupy if this party eventually wins? Yes, the, the youth content in Nigeria is, is something that every um, forward-thinking government should think about taking advantage of. The human population in Nigeria and the youth uh, population, we talk about demographics, is so high. The labor force is, is, is you know, if, if we had, like I said, if we had a president or if we've had leaders who, who have been, um, who have understood the power that population gives you, the Chinese have understood that and, and they've embraced uh, industrialization and productivity because they have population. They have a labor force with which to generate um, uh, income for the country. Um, unfortunately, Nigeria has never appreciated uh, the youth, the power in the youth, their intelligence. Uh, we've never really appreciated productivity. We have really been consumers. We consume everything. Uh, and in consuming, you actually, um, are, are, there's capital flight in, in consuming because you're always importing and importing. And, and um, you can never increase your GDP unless you're actually uh, producing and exporting. So Nigeria has missed it, and we've always missed it. And this is why you have a lot of uh, youth migration out of Nigeria. Nigerians are all over the world. Young men and women are all over the world doing positive things. Forget all you hear about, um, you know, uh, Yahoo and scams and all that. That is just a very small proportion. Uh, and of course, bad news travels fast. Nigerians are making impact worldwide, um, all over the world, in, in white-collar jobs, blue-collar environments. They are in industry. They are in the media, you know, um, doing great things. They are mayors of, of you know, municipalities. They are in, engaged in industrialization in foreign countries. Nigerians are doing fantastically well. It is only in Nigeria that Nigerians don't do well because there's no enablement, there's no empowerment. You know, we, we are not stimulated. The, 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 the country doesn't, doesn't create stimulus um, for, for development within the country. So Nigerians tend not to excel when they are in Nigeria. But once they go abroad, they start to excel, be it in sports, you know, be it in education, be it in the medical field. Um, you know, you have Nigerians all over, professionals, doing very well and making positive impact to these other countries. And the reason why they've had to leave Nigeria is because government is not providing the enablement, the empowerment 
for these brilliant minds to make useful contribution to this country. We talked about ASU education. Um, how much of our budget is geared towards research and development? You know, how much of our budget, you know, is geared towards um, science and technology, you know, effectively? We, we, are, we are talking the same things over and over. When I was in, in primary school, we were talking about roads, talking about electricity, you know. Today, we are still talking about roads. We are still talking about electricity. So we haven't moved forward. For those, those countries that used to respect us back in the day, you can see how far they have left us. Even those countries that used to uh, admire us, um, you know, the Saudi Arabians used to come to University of Ibadan for medical treatment back in the days. You know, uh, Malaysia came to Nigeria, to NIFO, to get oil palm seedlings, um, to set up um, palm, palm uh, plantations in Malaysia. Today, Malaysia is one of the major producers of, of palm oil. NIFO is moribund and, you know, people just come there, come to the office drink Coca-Cola and chop granite, you know. There's no, there's no productivity anymore. Um, so all of these things that we have lost have been because of poor governance, bad leadership, corruption, endemic corruption, institutionalized corruption and bad behavior. And, and these things have had a very, very bad and negative debilitating effect on, on Nigeria. And, and the result is what we see today, you know, banditry, uh, lack of accountability, um, political rascality, economic decline, you know, um, terror everywhere, terror, kidnappings, killings, you know, Accidents on the roads due to, you know, bad roads. Um, explosions in homes because kerosene is adulterated. All these things, loss of human lives. Because we are not a country that is focused on statistics, we don't really have an accurate understanding of, of how terrible the condition is in Nigeria. Things are so bad in Nigeria now that when you hear of, of death, it, it doesn't really shake you unless it's, you know, it's maybe it's in multitudes. You know, then you think, oh, my God, that's, that's really bad. And then you go back to whatever you were saying before you hear that news. We are, so, we are so traumatized now that, you know, things hardly, hardly affect us because we are fed this constant cocktail of of nonsense every day, that we are become immune. We are no longer like human beings. We don't feel the way human beings should feel because we have been bastardized and traumatized. So it is important that we return to normality and that we start to, again, behave like human beings. Because we can't even say we behave like animals now because that would be an insult to animals. Animals behave with nobility, with compassion. You know, amongst themselves, they, they understand family structure. They are loyal to themselves. Even the ant, if an ant dies when they are on a foray, they will bring the ant back to the nest. 
Nigerians currently we don't we don't we don't behave like humans. We are human beings, but we are not very human in the things that we do. So we need leadership that will restore back our our humanity. And leadership is everything. We have to understand this. Leadership is everything. The kind of leader you choose to lead you determines the kind of country that you live in. We keep talking about, you know, other foreign countries where everybody is running to. It's not rocket science. The reason why those countries are attractive to us is because there's order. There's lack of chaos. You know, if you set your alarm clock with your uh, electronic uh, uh, alarm clock plugged to, um, you know, uh, your socket, you can guarantee that that alarm clock will go off at the right time because you have 24-hour supply of electricity. You know, we, we talked about Nigeria earlier on relying on about 4,000 megawatts for over two, 200 million people. How is your industry going to grow if you are only generating 4,000 megawatts? That will not even power 20 cassava milling uh, uh, factories. So definitely you can never be an industrialized nation. And if you're not industrialized, you can't employ labor. If you can't employ labor, you cannot produce. If you cannot produce, you cannot export. If you do not export, your GDP will not grow. So inflation will come in because you are consuming. I'm not an economist, but you know this is just common sense. And, and I, at times I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed why people who are in, in the right positions don't understand and see what we as common people see. It's not rocket science. So what are they doing holding those positions that, that they are holding? You know, a, a foreign government will ensure that, you know, um, they have a welfare system. So if you're a taxpayer, you're a citizen of that country and you are sick, you will go to a, a state-run hospital and you'll get adequate care, and you will not pay a penny. You know, uh, if you have an accident, you can call a number, and an ambulance will come. You know, you are in your house, you know you're going to have water, you're going to have electricity, as long as you're paying your bills. And if, perchance, you lose your job, and you have been a taxpayer, you have been working, the state also has a package to, to you know, to, to help to, to, you know, deal with your pains while you are looking looking for work. All of these things are what government is supposed to do. They are supposed to use the wealth of the country to guarantee this minimum standard, you know, the taxes that we pay. In Nigeria, I ask, what do they do with the money? You know, people are marrying their third, fourth wives, buying the fourth, fifth house in Dubai, in Paris, and in California. They are buying private jets. They are buying, you know, we're just, we're just, we're engrossed in the pursuit of amassing wealth, but we don't even know why we are amassing the wealth or what we are going to do with it. So I often think that we are all mad because, you know, a person who is just amassing wealth and then when you die and they will start to find, you know, euros and dollar notes buried in your wall, in your soak away, you know, um, in all kinds of places. And they've all gone moldy because they were just locked there for decades. You never had a plan how to use all of this money but you were amassing it and, and you, you couldn't take it to a regular bank to bank because you could never explain the source of that wealth. So to me, it's just madness. If you are taking all that money and go to your village and set up a, a health, health center or build, build a very good school or do the road to your village or some, do something with all that money you were just hiding and amassing. So for me, there's, there's you know, uh, <laughs> the type of leadership we have, they've always displayed some type of 
psychological imbalance as far as I'm concerned, you know. Uh, yeah. Yes, you know, you know, in Nigeria, we, we believe that you're only mad when you remove your clothes and you're walking on the street. But I assure you, there are many, many mental people who are wearing suits, tie, rather looking nice. Some, you know, women as well who are wearing makeup. But uh, um, <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot of madness in all of us. So um, we need to, we need to, leadership. Leadership is very important, jokes apart. We need to have the right leaders in the right places. And we are able to choose. There is, a, there is excess. We have excess talent in Nigeria. We have excess capability. The problem is that the political process to emerge in that process is very rigorous. And those who have been there make it rigorous like that to make sure that only a certain type of person will succeed and come out to be a candidate is deliberately engineered to make sure that the right thinking people don't make it to that position. They either scare you, they either threaten you, or either try to, to you know, um, seize your mind by making sure that you belong to certain groups or certain, certain associations or certain um, societies so that, you know, you, you, before you can progress. So at the end of the day, if you're already bondaged and mortgaged, how are you going to do effective work? So these are the constraints and, and the problems uh, about emerging uh, politically. It's so rigorous, so financially demanding. You know, how ridiculous is it that if you are offering yourself to come and serve the people, you have to also pay for your nomination form. By the time you are paying and paying and bribing and paying and, and doing campaigns and you are buying so much campaign material, when you get there, what do people really expect the average human being who has spent so much money? What do you expect him to? He has to recoup. This is, this is the truthful, honest situation. Do you know that telling a story is one of the most powerful ways to connect with your audience? Do you know that the human brain processes story much more easily and quickly than facts and figure? Stories are a great way to engage your audience get them interested in your products and services and inspire them to take action. A good story will help you create more compelling content that can be shared on social media or through other channels. And it's not just about telling a compelling story, it's also about knowing how to tell it effectively. Now, do you want to better connect with your audience? Then join us on our online training class storytelling for content creators and digital entrepreneurs. Come to obehiel14.com slash storytelling and learn how to leverage your storytelling skill to earn more as a content creator and digital entrepreneur. Storytelling is a powerful way to connect with your audience. So let's explore it together. See you in the class. People sell their houses to be engaged in, in, in the process of politics. And now you see a man like that, he makes it, having sold his house. Don't you expect that he should recoup his money? So there are certain things that are part of the political process that makes it difficult for people to become effective leaders. So I encourage those people, like I said, who are not career politicians, who have... Um, a source of living already, so they can withstand the, the requirements. You know, they don't have to compromise themselves because they're already any living. They are not desperate. I, I encourage those people
to get involved in politics. It's very difficult, I know. It's very difficult. But if we love Nigeria, we will make sacrifices. Same way I have decided I'm going to make sacrifices. And I pray that my political aspiration is blessed by God. And I look forward to also making my own contribution. Thank you so much for that. That, that is really very important. And uh, we also need to know, uh, I mean, the regular Nigerian and the average Nigerian, uh, that it is going to be hard. It is difficult. You see, the little chick that is inside the egg, know that it is difficult to break the, the egg share before it can leave. But if you don't break the egg share, you are going to die. Change is always hard. Change is difficult. Change is a sacrifice. And if we are not ready to make the sacrifice, change is not going to happen. So we are going to re remain where we are in a circle. But if we want to change that part, instead of maybe somebody coming to give you 20 naira or maybe a bag of rice that is has become the national item in Nigeria for you to vote for them, you need to really sincerely ask yourself, if this person have to supply bags of rice to, I don't know, maybe a million people, like you said, where is he getting the money from? Sincerely speaking, if this person eventually spent this money to distribute bags of rice, is he going to recuperate the money or is he just dashing you the money? If he give you this bag of rice, do you have the moral right to call this individual to order? In this sense, it is a responsibility for everybody. The corrupt politician is responding to the corrupt Nigeria. Both parties are corrupt. It's just like James Allen was saying in his book, one of his books, um, that the slave and the enslaver are tied by one thing, the chain. If the slave is not tied to the enslaver, then the slave is free. The only mm. way the enslaver can be free, actually, is to free the slave. Because you cannot tie him to the, to the tree. You tie him to your leg. So it means both of you are in chain. In this sense, the Nigerian politicians are corrupt because the Nigerian people are corrupt. Both of them are involved by this chain of corruption. So it is the Nigerian people now that are suffering more, of course, because they don't have the, the forces of cohesion. It is the politicians that have the army, the police, everything under their control. So... It is true that if we want to break up from this chain, from this corruption, we need to pay sacrifice. We need to accept that we are not going to eat today because we want change. We want to be able to eat tomorrow. If we do that, the people that are running Nigeria, like Osayamore will say, there are very few people, but they are really holding the, the country with their teeth. They don't want to let it go. They can do anything to make sure it remains the way it is. But this is as long as the ordinary Nigeria remain the way they are. If we decide that we don't want it anymore, we come to the street. If we march to Aso Rock, the people in Aso Rock will run away. It is the, that is the basic psychology of the human being. Look at what happened in Sri Lanka. If the Nigerian people decide today, as we are currently talking, that they, they are tired, they are really tired of it, those in Aso Rock will run away. Because how many people are the Nigerian army going to kill until the war said, no, you cannot do this? You cannot do that. The police, how many people are they going to shoot? They are going to be tired of bullets. But the question is, are we ready? Are we really ready for the change? 
Not just the talking. Are we really like ready? That we really are tired of it? And uh, this is the end. You kill me now, or you leave. You run the system the way it was supposed to be done. Yeah, yeah. I think the Nigerian yeah. people need to make the decision. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. You know, um, change begins with us. I, I, I keep saying this. Change begins with us. As you uh, correctly identify, corruption is a two-way street. The one who offers the bribe and the one who takes it. They are all in concert with each other. So while we as the masses, we complain about the politicians, but the bribe that they are giving is taken by us. So when, when you know, we take money to cast our votes, we have sold our rights for the next four years. And I think this is what people don't understand. You know, you sell your votes and then you still expect the person to work to your dictates to give you a better life. It gave you a better life at the polling booth. And that was supposed to last you for four years. And then in between the four years, you're asking for, for him to give you more. He's already done his contract with you. It is renewable in the next four years. And so for that four years, you'll be suffering and smiling, as Fela says. So we need to understand that um, we need to make sacrifices in the morning so that our evenings will be comfortable. And this is what I think the average Nigerian is beginning to understand, that they are also part of the problem and that they should also be part of the solution. Thank you so much for that. All right, you are in this race because you believe in something. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. So, True. because you believe in something, tell me, what do you see 2023 going forward? What is your vision for this country, for this state, Edo State, and for your people? Um, my vision has always been for a better Nigeria. My vision has always been for a Nigeria that I experienced when I was growing, growing up. And it's for this reason that I have made the sacrifice to return to Nigeria. I haven't lived abroad for many years. I decided that I will make a sacrifice. It wasn't enough to just be talking and criticizing. So at a time where people were leaving Nigeria to go abroad, I left abroad and I've come to Nigeria to be with the people, you know, to experience what it is that they experience. We're all in this thing together. We all have to make sacrifices. So I say to people that a better Nigeria is achievable, but change begins with each of us. Every one of us, no matter how small, we have the duty, we have the obligation to make the necessary sacrifice, to say no when no should be said, to say yes when yes should be said. We should be resolute, we should be determined, and should have and display honesty of purpose. And I think if each and every unit is doing what they are supposed to do, collectively, as a whole, there will be uh, a very noticeable change. So I, I pray that we understand this, this simple formula, that each and every one of us, if we make a difference in our environments, wherever we are, collectively, there will be a big and noticeable change. Thank you so much for that. Is there another thing you would like to say to conclude the conversation? I've asked you most of the things I wanted to ask you. Uh, if you have anything to add to it, please go. Yeah, I, I, I want to say that 
um, Nigeria is a, is a blessed country. But even when God blesses you, you must collect your blessings. So it behoves on every Nigerian to think seriously about not only their future, but on the legacy they are going to leave behind and the future they are bequeathing to the generation yet unborn. It will be selfish for us to consider only ourselves, our wants and need at this current time. Because if our forefathers had also behaved um, with reckless abandon, the way we seem to be behaving now, we would not have had the Nigeria that we have had. We're on a rescue mission. We all need to work collectively. We need to work honestly. We need to work in harmony for the greater good of all. We must shun greed and selfish self-interest. We must ensure that we put Nigeria first and to display a high sense of patriotism. With all of these and God blessing our project, I foresee a better Nigeria in the nearest future. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. This has been an honor talking with you. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Obey. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead A14. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.